0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, President of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. We've got some great information to share with you this week as we get into really the last week, sort of. I mean, the last full week of a full week of August here in the state of Texas. Um, School is back in swing. The legislature is heating up a little bit. You know, we're moving into these fall months where you start thinking about what's going to happen in the next... Election season, you know, what's going on with some some state policies. And people sometimes forget, right, Congress seems to have this year-round schedule. But here at the state of Texas, our legislature only meets Every other year. And it's only for a small amount of time. But we're in the middle of a special session. And so that can be a little bit different. You move into fall, you start seeing things like the U.S. Supreme Court starts hearing cases on some very significant issues. Our state Supreme Court, the Texas Supreme Court, it carries a similar calendar and schedule, but not quite the same. And I'm just kind of giving you some little data points as far as calendars as they relate they relate to the work that we do in the arenas of the courts the legislature and the media for religious liberty marriage and family and also life issues as well. And look, it's been a long week this week, I'm just going to tell you. And that's not just because my son's playing his first high school football game of the season, but that might have had a little something to do with it. We had a very long hearing at the state capitol, and that's going to be a lot of our focus today for this edition of Texas Values Report. And that's because we've got a great guest with us today who was also there, I don't know if it was considered the wee hours. It was the next morning that we were there at a legislative hearing at the Texas Capitol for a very important issue. Today, we've got a great guest. Beth Stelzer is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. She leads the organization Save Women Sports. She is an athlete herself, uh, a, com- a competitive athlete. I'll let her talk a little bit about that in just a minute, but she's got a tremendous voice on the issues of just making sure that we've got fair play in sports, particularly for women. Beth, welcome back to the Texas Values Report.
1: Oh, thank you, Jonathan, for the opportunity. (laughs) I may have a strong voice, but it still sounds a little weak after the weekend I had with women, trying to help empower them, and with you at the Capitol. I mean, it's always a pleasure to come back to Texas, but...
0: I'm not sure I like that hearing. Yeah, well, look, and you really had to have a lot of stamina and endurance to use some typical sports words because that put everybody's body and maybe a little bit of your psyche to the test. But your voice does sound a little bit better than last week and not in a negative Mm -hmm. way. It sounds like it's recovering a little bit more. And I know that that was a concern. But, you know, when you've got a microphone and you've got an opportunity to be in front of elected officials like you did, like our team did at Texas Values, the other day was it Tuesday? It was Tuesday, right? Everything's kind of worked together. I still haven't technically caught up. went
1: Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday think, and Wednesday. So.
0: No, the the hearing started on Tuesday, but it wasn't until almost Wednesday after twelve a.m. that they started uh, hearing the piece of legislation that you and I have been working on. But let's talk a little bit about that, and and, and we're going to set up what happened this week, and then I'm going to take us back for a step and let people tell, let you tell people a little bit more about the work that you do at Save Women. Sports, But on Tuesday, the Public Education Committee had a hearing, particularly on the bill, Senate Bill 2. This is the Save Women's Sports Bill. And really, it's a simple concept. It only includes high school and middle school sports. And the requirement is that you play in the sport that relates to the birth certificate nearest of birth. That's really all we're doing here with this piece of legislation. But it is a very important issue, and public hearings matter a lot. We had a ton of people there supporting us. You were there. Talk to us a little bit about your testimony and why it was so important for you to be here in Texas.
1: I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I'm an amateur powerlifter, so I see what sports did for me later in life. And I know that these young girls deserve protection. When when we include male bodies into female sports, there will no longer be female sports. And that's why I've traveled across the country. I've testified almost 20 times now for the over 30, I think seven states that have introduced legislation, just this session alone. Um, I know Texas is gonna be our 10th one to become a law. I know you're <laughs> gonna do the right thing. Um, I am so grateful for what you all have done. Your team has been amazing. And and now even Governor Abbott is going to be coming to your um, event next Our policy uh, event uh, month, on September 24th. Well. That's
0: right. No, it's, it's going to so be exciting. It's going to be exciting. And I was going to spend the rest of the show just talking about that. No, seriously, <laughs> the governor is coming to our Texas Values public policy event on September 24th. Huge announcement this week. And... A lot of people responded. We've sold a lot of tickets, a lot of interest in the event since then. But, you know, so here we were. And one of the reasons this is relevant is the governor has put this issue on the special session call. So I want to talk about two things. Now that people know what we're talking about, what this issue is about. Number one, I want you to talk a little bit about your background and how you got into this work. And then also I'm going to talk about what's happening. What's the relevance of a special session? The governor putting something on what does the call mean and and break down some of those terms. But tell our listeners a little bit about your background and why you're now involved in such a interesting and active public (laughs) policy issue.
1: I'll try to sum it up as best I can. So um, I'm just uh, I just say I'm just an average American so I found this love for the barbell and decided I wanna become a power lifter. So I trained, I carved time out. That was my me time was in the gym. You're talking hours a day, almost every day of the week and just as much time in the kitchen. So I spent a couple of years preparing for the Minnesota Women's State Championships. And instead of my chance to shine, I was shouted at that I should be sharing the platform with a man, mm. the Women's State Championships. And when I started speaking out, I got death threats and harassed. And I was like, wait, no. And the Women's Sports Foundation is for this, even. And that's when I started speaking up. I just started with the free website. And here it's an international coalition. I'm not even sure how I ended up here, to be honest with you, Jonathan. But like you said, when there was a microphone in front of me, I took it. I've taken every opportunity to speak up for women. And I'm so grateful that you have given me some of those chances.
0: Well, you did a great job at the hearing and you've been really traveling across the country, right? I mean, this is the second time that you've come to Texas. That was earlier. this. Oh, is it the third? The third time you've come to Texas, twice just here recently, right? To Testify... On legislation, I guess that's right. You were here uh, for the Senate hearing, which was yes, what a so- month ago. Uh, I was not. I had COVID. I was at home trying to be safe and take care of myself. But you know, it, it's interesting too. And and I'm, a, I've got my, you know, uh, my. Um, professional shirt on, my suit shirt. Otherwise, I'd roll up my sleeves. Maybe we could find out if I still have some strength. But you look like you still got it, right? I don't know. I mean, but, and and it's important when we think about, and and I've been spending a little bit more time in the gym as I've got teenage boys. You know, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people put, I mean, this is a very active sport area that people that, it's not just people that are high school and college, people later on in their life are still very competitive in, and it, it is striking to see that a man could come in who starts off with an advantage. Now, all men are not the same size, right? So we know that sometimes there can be some things where- Exactly, oh, there's
1: always a little overlap. Yeah, but, but when you take like the same age and weight and same training um, abilities uh, as a male and me, we're going to live nearly double. Yeah, the the powerlifting advantage is 64%. I mean, on average, the advantage of males over females in sports is around 10%, but- It's very, very obvious in my sport, and that's where I'm very grateful my federation has made these rules and that there are states like Texas that see that. Yeah, it's it's striking, though, the difference
0: in the advantage that a biological male could have. And we are seeing an increase at the high school, collegiate, and other levels, biological men men that are competing in women's sports. I don't know what their motivations are. I don't know that we have to even get into all that. All we know is it's not fair, all right? And that's why this bill... Um, or the effort's been called the Fair Play Act or the Fair Play Effort. Let's talk a little bit more about the hearing. To your point, right, thanks for correcting me, that there were three times you've been here. So there's been three sets of testimony in hearings. What I thought was interesting about this hearing, and we heard some of this in the Senate, Every time we meet on this issue again, we hear more evidence, we hear more stories, we get more information that demonstrates that there is a problem that needs to be dealt with. The director of the UIL, which is University Interscholastic League, this is the, you know, the bureaucrat, the government official if you will that deals with a governing board for for high school and middle school sports for kids in the state of Texas. He made it very clear in my opinion, they're getting more calls, they're getting more requests there is more and more evidence that a concern is growing as it relates to birth certificates and boys trying to be in girls sports or, you know, all the things surrounding this issue. And I thought that that was very telling. They tried to suggest they thought he was going to go in a different direction and say, well, we're not really sure if there's a problem, uh, but it's clear. And then we heard testimony yeah, in the Senate a month scary. ago that the, the <laughs> amount of people asking for a birth certificate change has skyrocketed for kids under 18.
1: And and that's why we need to be so clear and concise with our our language here, because it's that conflation of language is kind of how we've gotten here. So we just need to be clear and concise and know that it's it's just about fairness. Like the name says, this isn't about discluding anyone. Everyone can still play fairly on the basis of sex like Title IX was supposed to do for us, but unfortunately Biden's administration has erased with the insertion of gender identity.
0: No, no, and, and look in the in the the law matters. The policies matter. The state already has a policy, UIL, that you use the birth certificate to play in that sports. The problem is they haven't specified so you could alter your birth certificate. We heard testimony. You could sort of socially transition and become a girl. There's not any medical procedures that are required or any of that. So it's no. not a it's not a standard that can really be counted on. So if the, the the state law that we're proposing would say you use the birth certificate nearest at birth, so we'd have some more consistency there. But let's talk about where we are, though. We had a hearing, overwhelming support for this piece of legislation. There was some opposition, as there usually is, but I just didn't think it was as vigorous as we've seen before. Mm. I think our numbers are, are, are starting to outweigh them a lot. But this committee is really stuck. I mean, there are some people are suggesting, oh, we should just have a study on this issue and not actually, you know, have a statewide standard. That's not going to get us anywhere because we got to wait two years to come back in the state of Texas. It's
1: already Uh, too late. Yeah,
0: it's almost in a ways already too late. We should have done something months, if not a year or two ago but we definitely need to act now. And so um, and you brought some friends with you. This is a bipartisan issue. There was a, a woman you brought with us, you know that she felt it was important to tell everyone she's a registered democrat. But that matters, you know, for people to see the the you know the variety of people that are on our side.
1: Right, I don't hold political ties. I guess I I um I didn't even vote all the time before this. I really wasn't a political person. And yes, it's so great to have other women like Amy Sousa who came with that are proud to say, look, I'm I'm from your side. I see why you're opposing, but I've been there and I see this, look, this is the truth. And and she was incredible. We all were incredible. And like you said, that took some stamina and I was grateful I am an athlete to make it through that night. And, and a little bit of Red Bull maybe.
0: Yeah, well, look, I, I sort of, uh, you know, took a risk just in a weak moment because I was kind of weak by 5 a.m. and I did one of those pictures on Twitter, how it started, how it's going, <laughs> and and I took this picture of myself, sort of a close-up selfie at 5 a.m. And the next later on that morning, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if that was such a good idea, but I was just trying to lighten things up. But no, also, cool, it
1: was, cool. was <laughs> telling. We were through a, a battle together. At well, light.
0: I mean, oh my gosh, I was struggling to stay awake, but you know what? Whatever the circumstances are, our team stayed there to the very end. You stayed there. Some other people that that you brought with us, Nicole Hudgens. And and that's one way to demonstrate this is serious to us, and we're going to make sure that we have our voices heard. And it mattered because a lot of their people, of course, stayed the other side. But now we're sending an alert out this week. Uh, right now, I'm sorry, this morning, because the bill has not moved out of committee. There's only a few days left in our special session. I think it ends on push, September 5th. Push. Keep the Tell pressure people, on. give people that last thrust of why they need to take action now Please, and, and, and why it's important. There,
1: most definitely, we need you to take action and let them know how important this is.
0: Well, we've got young ladies, too. We had parents that testified. They've got high school students in the state of Texas that you're going to continue to see that concern grow. There's litigation on this issue where young ladies have filed lawsuits because they've had opportunities taken away from them. And that's, you know, a lot of times a lack of a consistent standard. And so I I think it's important for us to take that action. The governor has put it on the call. I mentioned that earlier. What does that mean? The governor decides what goes on a special session agenda and it's called the call, okay? So he's calling the legislature to do something. This is on that list. This is a priority for Governor Greg Abbott. That should tell members they better get it done. I mean, and I'm trying to be nice about it, but that's sort of what it says is, we expect you to do this. My understanding is the numbers are there. There's a swing vote, if you will, in that committee. Dan Huberty, who would prefer for this to be a study. That's my impression of what he said the other day during the committee hearing. We know he wasn't a big fan of this this legislation before. So if you know Dan Huberty, if you live in his district, or you just want to give him a friendly call— I think he's probably the the Republican that's keeping this bill hung up. And you heard him. This was the man in the the light-colored suit uh, the other day, Um, Beth, trying to convince people, you know, maybe we should just do a study. No, that's not going to be good enough.
1: It doesn't cut it. Girls deserve protection now. And uh, women and girls' rights are eroding out from underneath our feet. And and we need men to step up for us. And this was mainly a panel of men. And even though all of them did not sit through my testimony, go figure, they still listened. And we need to contact them and let them know our stories because everyone's story matters. We all have a story that can relate to this. Either, you know, we were in sports. We have a daughter, a mother, a sister that was in sports. Use that. Feel the passion that I have, please. It is just now is the time to speak up
0: well and we're starting to see real cases right not just i heard this i heard this real cases that we had testify in, in Hawaii, the senate from the state have of texas a and
1: a- a mother and daughter in Hawaii who have both have to race track against boys.
0: Well, we're having I mean, them in Texas too. And they weren't able to come Texas here this time. Too, of course. Um, that have, um, because they're back in school, right? Someone testified look, you don't have some of the athletes here because number one, it's one o'clock in the morning. School's already started. They're back at college or they're back at high school and they don't have time to come to the Capitol. Right. That's why you're able to be their voice. Texas Values okay. is able to be their voice. Go to txvaluesaction.org. You can see our action items on this. We have an opportunity left to get this done in the state of Texas. We're starting to run out of time, but the time is that this bill's already passed the Senate. All right. So if we can get out of committee, get a vote on the House floor, Governor Abbott is ready to sign this bill. You know, and I just this want to say- final hurdle. It is. And it's a major one, but we can get there. I, Beth, I want to say thank you for staying with us the other night, but for coming to Texas several times. We know Florida's already passed this law. We're behind. We need to get it done. But you've been to a lot of states- And and it's not just about your community. You care about people because you know the difference it can make. And if it has a policy, tell people how to get in touch with you or, or, or your website so they can learn more about the work you're doing
1: savewomensports.com. Beth at Save is how you can email me. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Jonathan.
0: Yeah, well, we couldn't have done it without you. You've been a critical part of this effort, and if it takes another special session to do it, we hope it doesn't, but if it does, we'll be right there. From there. Beth Stelzer, she did a great job testifying this week, and you did a great job being our guest today on the Texas Values Report.
1: Thank you. All right.
0: We're going to let Beth go. And I'm going to talk a little bit about a few other things that are happening at the state capitol. You know, they don't have the gender modification issue on the special call, even though there's a bill on that, that we've continued to support. We continue to see while we've recognized that Governor Abbott has worked some channels to do some things with the state agency on that, we just don't feel like it's going to be enough. And so we continue to talk about the importance of having a state law. Speaking of Governor Abbott, you heard me mention he's going to be speaking at our Texas Values Public Policy event. You know, he is the top executive of our state. The importance. And the opportunity to have our governor come to an event where we're going to talk about religious liberty, we're going to talk about marriage and family, we're going to talk about the pro-life issues. You know, the governor was a strong supporter and champion and advocate for the heartbeat law, so he'll be making comments about that and others, I imagine. But your opportunity to see him in person. And look, I don't know how he's going to handle all his schedule that day, but this is your chance to see him up front to hear what he has to say, and if there's an opportunity for us to um, get questions to him, or if he decides to stick around and say hello to people, this is an in-person event. This is not the governor's doing a press conference somewhere, or he's doing a Zoom meeting, or whatever. Um, this is not him sort of at a distance from people. He's going to be in person at Great Hills Baptist Church, and it's going to matter what uh, for people to have that that interaction. And for him to know, there are a lot of people that care about these issues, right? And sometimes people will wonder, you know, how do I get a message to the governor's office? Let's pack that room. Let's let the governor know, and everyone that speaks that um, that day on that Friday, these issues are so important to people in the state of Texas that these events draw a large crowd and a lot of people there. Now, our ticket sales have increased quite substantially since we announced that the governor is going to be there. But we've got close to 30 speakers that are going to be there a lot of people for you to get interest in. Uh, Representative Louis Gomer, we've got two Texas Supreme Court judges, Jimmy Blacklock, uh, also Justice John Devine. We've got great national speakers like someone named Irina Grossu, who's also been doing work for our team, who's got a great background. She worked for the Trump administration. She's done a lot of work in religious liberty and pro-life. Nicole Hudgens, who was here this week on Save Women's Sports Bill. Jason Jones, a huge pro-life supporter and movie producer, is going to be there You got to go to our website, txvalues.org, check the events page to see the full lineup. And we're going to have more speakers that are going to be coming and being announced pretty soon. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to get a confirmation from a really big name. We'll probably have to announce this on Monday, but the event's going to sell out, txvalues.org. Get your tickets today. It is a two-day event. There is half the day in the afternoon on Friday. There's a private dinner Friday night, and then it's about 10 to 4 on Saturday. This is one of the largest, if not the largest, faith and family event its type, excuse me, in the state of Texas. You don't want to miss out. This is our fourth year in a row to do it, where we like to say we want to educate, motivate, and activate you on the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. Speaking of that, the election integrity bill. Is moving through the process. That issue is going to be talked about at our event. Briscoe Kane, State Representative Briscoe Kane, he's going to be one of the speakers at our event. That Senate bill has moved forward. The House is taking it up. They've made some tweaks to it. We're going to see how that moves forward. But they're going to run out. Of, they're starting to run out of time with the special session since a lot of the Democrats took so long to come back and for quorum to be established. So I don't know if anything's going to get done, but I know they're going to try to get it done uh, before things end. I think on September fifth or six because they won't come in on the 6th as, as it's Labor Day. I imagine they won't. Maybe they will. I don't know. They don't work on Memorial Day. I mean, they do work on Memorial Day during sessions, but it's my understanding the 5th might be the last day of this special session. So a lot of updates coming on these type of things that we work on. I mentioned our policy event, and then we've got something. I don't even know if I can talk about it yet. There's significance for next week. I'll just say that. September 1st, is the day that the Texas heartbeat law and many other laws go into effect. That's a typical effective day when state laws are passed in the, a legislative year like 2021 is. So, But September 1st, big deal. There's a court hearing on Monday We're gonna be, uh, we're going to be attending because there is a legal challenge to the heartbeat law. We think it's frivolous. There's not any merit to it. I mean, look, this is what that lawsuit amounts to. They have sued judges and clerks to prevent them from even allowing someone to show up with a piece of paper of a court filing saying, I want to file this in court to hold um, doctors, excuse me, abortionists accountable for performing an abortion. All right. They're not even they want to stop the judges from even hearing the case. That there's I mean, we don't see this. I mean a lot of frivolous lawsuits get filed, but we don't prevent people from actually filing something. So but this is just because they're desperate because of the way the the case excuse me, the law was written you can't have these pre-enforcement challenges because this the way that the heartbeat law is enforced is through civil actions. People like you and me that file things in court, not the government enforcing the law. That takes away their ability to say that it's a constitutional violation of the so-called right to an abortion because the only way that you have a constitutional violation is if the government is keeping you from doing something and we've taken the government out of the equation in this piece of legislation that's going to become law on September 1st, bipartisan support for the Texas Heartbeat Law signed by Governor Greg Abbott uh, signed, you know, really in a in a very celebratory way with a huge event and signing ceremony that a lot of people attended. Go to TexasHeartbeatLaw.com, though. So you can get educated about the law and also about how it's different than other heartbeat laws. If you know a lot about pro-life stuff, you might have been following, oh, other states have passed it. You know, what's the difference here? Those got struck down or the, the court stopped them from going into effect. Why is Texas doing something that other states did and it's probably not going to work? We did it different, okay? You need to go to texasheartbeatlaw.com to find the details. I could spend the next minute and a half before the show ends giving you some details, but you're better off just going to the website, downloading it, reading it for yourself. There's a lot of detail there. Share it with friends, texasheartbeatlaw.com. That's the website. The questions to sort of your frequently asked questions, excuse me, the answers to your questions, they're all there. We've put it together together. A lot of great information on this issue. And there's a lot of talk about it. I mean, there's been several articles that have come out today. A member of our, uh, this week, in the past couple of weeks, a member of our team, Jonathan Covey, did an interview today with, I think, the San Antonio media. There's a lot of attention because that September 1st date is coming up. So you need to know what it is. You need to know what to expect. And you need to know how you, as a private citizen, you could file an action in court to hold an abortionist accountable if you hear... That an abortion is being performed, and they didn't detect, uh, they didn't try to detect a heartbeat, or detect uh, a heartbeat was detected, or if a woman's far enough along that surely they were at the point after five or six weeks that a heartbeat could be detected. uh, That's ten thousand dollars. That is that has to be paid. That's the penalty, if you will, that has to be forked over, and that's just a one way to hold the abortionist accountable on these issues to make it, you know, make it really. a reminder to them of the significance and a a penalty that's in place that will get their attention on the Texas heartbeat law. So we've had a lot of activity on this. We've got something that we're planning. Uh, We may be announcing it later today or on Monday that you could be a part of, but look, these are just some of the many reasons why you should invest in the work we do. As we're getting towards the end of the month, the summer months can be tough for us as a nonprofit. We've got some of the best and brightest that are part of the work we do. We've got to have a strong budget. We're at 1.7 million in order to pay the bills, if you will, to put good people in place and do the work we do. Go to txvalues.org, make that tax deductible donation today so you can help us protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And look, we're active right now. We're one of the few groups, if not one of the only groups, that's at the Capitol every day during regular sessions, during special sessions. TXValues.org. Go there. Invest in the values that you care about most. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.